This is the KRMG Afternoon News with Skylar Cooper. So if you'll give me uh, your name, spell it, and uh, title, please. Sure. Uh, Adam Andreasen. Uh, last name is spelled A-N-D-R-E-A-S-S-E-N. And I'm the CEO of Family and Children's Services. Okay, so I would probably oversimplify what Family and Children's Services does as provide therapy. But I know there's probably way more than that. So could you give me the elevator pitch what FCS sure. does? Sure. So this is something that goes way back, and it's a fast story, but it goes way back to the 60s, 1963. The last bill that JFK ever signed before he died included the uh, Community Mental Health Act. At that time, people were essentially, if you had a chronic or severe mental illness, it was like a life sentence to stay in an insane asylum, a state hospital, if you will. So what happened is JFK and uh, the legislature at that time passed a law that essentially took all of that funding from community hospitals, uh, state hospitals, and put them into community support so that people could live lives of dignity with those they love. And so the roots of who we are as a mental health center goes all the way back to the 60s, and we are there to provide anything and everything that helps people with chronic and severe mental illness to stay out of hospitals. So what that means is we do lots of therapy, lots of uh, counseling, in-home services, we get in schools, we do psychiatry, uh, but anything that could get in the way of your best life, that's our business. So we've, we've done a lot more over the years. We're actually a hundred year organization and did a lot of things even before the Mental Health Act. I know you're relatively new to Tulsa, so welcome to town. I understand you are stepping into the shoes of a decades long leader here at this company. Yeah, Gail Lapidus was with Family and Children's for 50 years and 40 of those as the CEO. And, and on her watch, we went from a small philanthropic charitable organization to now being the largest certified community behavioral health center in Oklahoma. That's a CCBHC. It's a new style of funding that's changed a lot of things, opened up a lot of doors. And the statistics I've seen is that we serve more than 25% of the entire state's uh, chronic and severe mentally ill individuals. Severely mentally ill um, is a certain classification that basically means we are seeing people with some of the most intense need in the entire state. And this agency worked closely with the city of Tulsa, right? Yeah, so we are embedded literally anywhere and everywhere. We've been here 100 years. Uh, about 101 years ago, our um, first office was co-located with Tulsa Area United Way. And so whether it's city, whether it's county, whether it's all the foundations in the area, uh, agencies, we, we've just really tried to be everywhere. In fact, we have over 85 locations in which we are somewhere in the community. 61 of those locations are schools and the other 25 or so are co-located with agencies from law enforcement to city places, just all over the place. There's a ribbon cutting happening where we are sitting today. We're in the new location. I don't know if you guys refer to it as East Tulsa or Broken Arrow. We're kind of right on the line there, but uh, I'm familiar with the building. It's something we've done a, a KRMG station event in, and it's been remodeled, outfitted for your purposes. Um, that sounds like good news to me that, that the agency is expanding. Yeah, so first of all, Tulsa or Broken Arrow, we want you all, we claim you all. So uh, it is technically in Tulsa, and that's where we're proud to be. And we're proud to also be in a place where we can serve um, people from all over. And so we moved in here because as we looked at our map, you know, there's a number of areas, especially East and North Tulsa, and we're working on North Tulsa as well, where we know that as much as we are in the community serving people wherever they are, we go everywhere. But we also know that having a clinic for people to go to, 
that is uh, an identified a stable place, it, it serves not only as a place for people to come to us, but also as another outpost out of which we can house people that are working from this area in this area. And so every office we add gives us more reach as we go out and about everywhere because we really believe that access is more than a location, but that location doesn't hurt as an identified place to come to. I don't know if it was uh, intentional or accidental, but it seems like a really great opportunity that you're going to be next door to the new police headquarters building and all of the city of Tulsa operations moving in right here just seems like a great fit. You know, a, a, a meaningful coincidence is what we would uh, really call this. It's something that we found the right building and felt like it was a good location. Uh, but it's bonus to be close to so many others who are doing such great work. And in fact, today at our ribbon cutting, the uh, chief of police is uh, making remarks and we really, really take pride in all the different people that we work closely with. Because um, we're in a new age now. We're in an age where mental health is no longer a separate thing. It is an embedded thing in every aspect of a community sensitivities. And we know that that comes with huge opportunity, but there's also a real responsibility. We've got to scale up, we've got to grow. We've got to be there so that when people get to their point of crisis, uh, they don't get told they have to wait. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that. I mean, it's, it's, a com it's a conversation that is rightfully so being had more and more. I mean, there are, there's legislation. There are people advocating for mental health in a way that we haven't seen before. It seems like it's been a long time coming. Do you feel like we're on the right track now as a state, as a city, as a country? Yeah, you know, I've sort of, with a little bit of levity, joked that the only two things you don't mess with on the internet anymore are puppies and mental health. And it's the first time ever that mental health hasn't just been uh, something that is destigmatized. It, in many sectors, it's kind of cool to be in on mental health. It's not as big of a deal anymore to talk about that need. Um, but as you look at that, uh, we're starting to see funding come in so many areas. But one of the things that's really shining a light on is that funding is not the bottleneck anymore. We have funding, uh, but do we have enough people entering the field? Right now, the average age of a psychologist, for example, is 55 nationwide. And so are people leaving the field through retirement faster than we are bringing them in, getting them into schools? Uh, and then we look at all the different ways and places that people are trying to provide access. Um, and then the pandemic, it really shone a light. Suddenly, the entire nation was able to admit that they were anxious and needed some help. But what did that do? It increased door demand by 30% nationwide. And when that happened, it really shone a light on the fact that none of us have enough of the resources to really meet that demand. So we all have work to do, and we're trying to do our part. On staffing, I understand that it's a pretty competitive place in Oklahoma right now between all of the agencies out there. I know there's some moving around here and there. So is that a challenge? You, you lose people to someone else because they raise their pay and then you have to match. How's all that going? You know, I had a presentation I gave some years ago about workforce development, and it was called Farming Over Rating. Certainly, we have people that come to us from other agencies, and we have people that uh, leave us and go to other agencies. That sort of back and forth really doesn't accomplish a lot. We all are doing what we can. We're all hiring what we can. But the real big thing that's going to turn the needle is going, to, is going to make this better is as we get more and more people into the workforce. And that's where um, partnerships with educational institutions and so many others so that we can take our existing workforce, get them back in school, help fund them while they're in school, and then uh, get them meaningfully deployed back into the system uh, so that they can keep chasing their dreams, but we get more and more people into the workforce. If there's something you could tell folks who haven't paid much attention to this world, the mental health world, or your agency, what should they know? 
Yeah, so I think the biggest thing uh, is the memo isn't always out that we've destigmatized mental health. So while broadly speaking, we're seeing lots of data that says it's okay to talk about mental health, that doesn't mean that people are talking about those uncomfortable things at the dinner table. And, you know, I really think that those uncomfortable things, uh, topics like death and sex and mental health, these are the things we should be talking about to our children, to each other. There is never a risk that if you ask someone if they are uh, depressed or thinking about hurting themselves, there is no evidence that that's gonna plant that in their head, but there is lots of evidence that when you ask those hard questions of your coworker and your family members, and when you reach out to people, uh, you can save lives just by asking and leaning in instead of leaning away from those moments. Adam, welcome to Tulsa and thank you so much. Thank you so much.